That's all right. Praise the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. We're good. Praise the name of Jesus. St. Mark, chapter number 15. And St. Luke, chapter 23. Chapter 15 of St. Mark, beginning at verse 33. Praise the name of Jesus. Oh, God is good. Chapter 15. Oh, I was looking at the wrong chapter and it wasn't, wasn't the right verse. <laughs> That's what held me up. Verse 33. And when the sixth hour was come, there was darkness over the whole land until the ninth hour. And at the ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice, saying, Elio, Elio, lama sabachthani, which is, which is being interpreted, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? In Luke chapter 23, verse 33. And when they were come to the place which is called Calvary, there were crucified, there they crucified him and the male factors, one on the right hand and the other on the left. Then said Jesus, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And they parted his raiments and cast lots. Should have read this one first for the sequence. I'm going to go back and read verse 33. Uh, of chapter 15, and when the sixth hour was come, there was darkness over the whole land until the ninth hour. And at the ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice, saying, Elio, Elio, lama sabachthani, which is being interpreted, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? From these two passages of scripture, I want to, um, by the grace of God and guidance of the Holy Spirit, frame a message that's entitled forgiveness, forgiveness, your weapon and your release, your weapon and forgiveness. Somebody said, Bishop is going to talk about forgiveness. Tell your neighbor, Bishop is going to talk about forgiveness today. It is a weapon for you, but it's also a release for you. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the power of your word. I thank you that when your word goes forth, it will not return to you void, but it will accomplish all that you desire. I thank you, Lord, that you prosper your word in the things that you send your word to. So thank you for sending your word to us today. And thank you, Lord, for what this word is going to accomplish in our lives. It's in the miraculous, the precious, the magnificent, magnanimous name of Jesus that we pray and we thank you, Father. Amen. Hallelujah. Forgiveness. Forgiveness. Your weapon and your release. There is, there is one thing that is vitally important if we are to be true representations 
of Christ in the earth realm uh, that goes along with being saved, that goes along with being spirit-filled, being anointed, being called, being committed and submitted, and being the people who love the church. Amen. And that thing is forgiveness. Everybody say forgiveness. Forgiveness, forgiveness. As forgiven people, we forgive. Amen? As forgiven people, we forgive. Forgiveness is a keystone of the faith, this faith, the Christian faith, okay? It's a hallmark of people of faith. And it's the one thing that makes us accepted in the beloved. Amen. Through faith in the finished work of Christ on Calvary, our sins have been forgiven and the slate of our lives have been washed completely clean. Because of that forgiveness, it's required, somebody say required, it is required that we forgive each other as we go through this life. It's not optional. Forgiveness is not optional for the believer. I don't care what the situation or what the circumstance, what the condition, forgiveness is not optional for the believer. Now, and, and forgiveness is a need in everyone's life. It's a need. It's one of those needs that our Lord has secured and has provided for us. Um, and I say it's, it's a need because we've all sinned and we've all fallen short of God's glory. Amen? We've all sinned and we've all fallen short of God's glory, which means that, that we, we've come far short of, 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 of giving proper recognition to what God was doing for us in Jesus Christ. Jesus is the glory of God revealed in the earth realm. Uh, uh, the Bible says that that, 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 talking about Christ, that, that he was, the word was made flesh right among us, uh, full of grace and truth, and we beheld his glory. So when we should have been beholding the Lord's glory uh, that was full of grace and truth, we were going our own way, doing our own thing, and not giving God any attention in our lives at all. Many people have neglected Jesus Christ. Many people have paid Jesus Christ no attention at all and, 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 and made it seem as if that, that he does not matter. And that maybe he does not matter to them, but in the whole scheme of things, Christ counts quite well in God's plan in the working out of his will in the world. I know there are people that don't love God. I know there are people that don't care about God, you know, but, 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 but the Bible says uh, that there will come a day when every knee shall bow. Uh, the things in, uh, in, in heaven and things in earth, and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God. Amen? Now, of course, in that day, it's going to be too late for some people uh, uh, because that's going to come uh, when there's no more opportunity for people to be saved, but they will still have to recognize that Jesus Christ is Lord. Amen? And, and, you know, so a lot of times, you know, people in our communities, people we know, people 
have a brush with the church and hear something about the gospel, but they just like put the Lord on the back burner. They pay him no attention at all. And as we said on last Sunday, a lot of people have made a decision for Christ, uh, but some people have not made, many people have not made a commitment of their lives to the Lord Jesus Christ. And there is a big dis- difference between making a decision uh, for Christ and making a commitment to the Lord Jesus Christ. I can decide that I want the Lord to be my Savior and my Lord, but then I got to go further and commit my life to him, commit my will to his will so that my life is in line with what his will is for my life. And I tell you, my brothers and sisters, the Lord's will for our lives is completely different from our will for our lives, especially when we were not saved. And then sometimes after we get saved, we, we struggle with submitting to the Lord. We struggle with, with yielding our lives to him and allowing God to be number one in our lives and allowing God to, to order and shape our lives in the way that our lives should go. So, so yeah, we, we, many times we made a decision for Christ, but we've not made a commitment. We've not made a commitment to Christ. Worse than the divorce rate in America, which uh, is over 50% now, People walk away from that decision that they've made for Jesus Christ every day without giving it a second thought and without giving any thought to the price, to the price that was paid to provide that forgiveness. And it's basically because a lot of people don't have a clue to the value and to the price of that, that was paid to bring about our salvation to bring about our forgiveness. A lot of people just don't have any clue to that. They don't think about it at all. Oh, Lord Jesus. Um, I was reading something the other day, and and, and this bishop said this. He said um, said he was walking along the beach one day, and and while doing so, he noticed that uh, there were footprints in the sand of those that had walked along ahead of him. and you know how it is when you're walking along the beach because the sand is wet, your feet are going to make prints in the sand, probably sink down pretty deep. And he said the next morning when he walked on the same beach, the footprints had been wiped away. He said the Lord spoke to him and said that this is a picture of forgiveness. This is a picture of forgiveness. Now I'll come back to the picture hopefully a little later in the message. But suffice it to say right now that The picture of our sins, as you look at that, is that they have all been wiped away when when we have professed faith in the or exercised appropriated or enacted faith in the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross at Calvary. He wipes our sins away. It's like you know, that was, a record, that was a recording of everything wrong that we've done in our lives. But because of the sacrifice of Christ on Calvary and our faith in that, and putting our trust and our faith in what God was doing for us in Jesus Christ, he's wiped away all of our sins, deleting them forever. Well, you're never able to pull them up again. Amen. Now, now, saints, forgiveness is never easy. 
Amen. All of us, I think, know how hard it is to forgive others. Yeah. Sometimes we say we've forgiven a person for what they did to us, but there's something that keeps nagging at us. There's something inside of our brains that wants retribution. Something inside of us that feels like we need to be paid back for what they did to us. Yeah, yeah. There's something that, 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 that wants to get even. Hallelujah. Or, or that wants them to get what we think is coming to them. And surely we're not hoping for something good. Amen. I know, I know people identify with this because when you start talking about forgiveness in the church, people start looking at you funny like, I hear what you're saying. But reality. Yeah. And then, you know, my question is, where's the Holy Spirit in all of this? If I, if I can't forgive you, then then there's something wrong with, with me and my relationship with God. Well, let me go through this message, and hopefully this message will help us today because this, this, is, this, is, a, this is an issue um, not only in the church. It's issues in families. There are family people that hold grudges. There are family people that don't talk to each other. They don't get along with one another. Something happened years ago, and they've not forgiven They've not forgiven. They say they have, but remember, there's something on the inside that, that keeps nagging. And you know, you, when you see that person, you, okay, in the back of your mind, you're saying, okay, I'm, I'm going to see now whether they're going to act up again. <laughs> Am I talking to anybody in the house? I'm just waiting. I mean, you, 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 got, you got your guards up. Your pistol is in your pocket and you got your finger on the trigger. <laughs> and, and you say, well, Pastor, you know, because the, we've had a history with the, I understand that, but hear the Lord today. God has, God has had a history with us. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, forgiveness is not easy. It's not easy. It's not easy. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, uh, but one of the things that we don't consider is that forgiveness was not easy for God. I want you to ponder on that for a moment. We'll say, well, you know, Pastor God is God. I mean, God can, there is nothing that's too difficult for him. And I want you to hear something today. Yes, he's God. Yet, we have to consider the high cost that he paid to bring about our forgiveness. We quote the scripture, in him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sin. 
according to the riches of his grace. We say if we confess our sins, the Lord is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. Amen. We even pray, Lord, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. What we're saying is, Lord, forgive me for sinning against you just like I forgive those people who sin against me for, for, for sinning against me. Actually, it's a redundant prayer. So what you're actually saying is, Lord, just like I didn't forgive those people who sinned against me, don't forgive me for sinning against you. That's what you're asking, actually saying when you pray that prayer. We quote these scriptures, we quote these scriptures, but many times we don't consider the depth of what the scripture teaches when it talks about forgiveness that has been secured and provided for us. The price, the very high price that the Lord Jesus Christ paid for our sins was given his life. Dying on the cross as a sin offering to God, our ransom was not cheap. Our ransom was not cheap. The price for purchasing our souls from, from damnation was not cheap. Was, and it was no easy thing. It was most more difficult because God gave his one and only son to down the cross of Calvary, not to pay Satan, but to satisfy God's own divine justice. Because God could not forgive us unless provision was put in place to satisfy his justice. So that he could be just in forgiving and pronounce us free from the penalty of sin. Paul said in Romans chapter 3 verse 25, he said, God presented Christ as a sacrifice of atonement through the shedding of his blood to be received by faith. He did this to demonstrate his righteousness because in his forbearance, he had left the sins committed beforehand unpunished. He did it to demonstrate his righteousness at the present time so as to be just and the one who justifies those who have faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, that may not make too much sense to you because it, for most people, unless you sit down and you study the, back, the, 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 study the commentary on it, it doesn't make too much sense to you. Why did God have to be just? Why did God have to be just in justifying us? Have you ever thought about it? Well, if God had just forgiven us, then Satan could have called God a liar because God would have violated his own law. The law says the soul that sins shall surely die. So we deserve death because of our sins. So God couldn't just blankly say, I forgive you. Because he would have violated his own law. So what God had to do was, God had to provide the sacrifice. God had to provide the perfect sacrifice. That's how costly our redemption is. That's how costly our sin, our, our forgiveness is. That's how costly this thing that the Lord has provided for us has been to God. So here God is sitting on the throne of, uh, in glory and God says, then in Jesus Christ, I will come down off the throne. I will go into the earth realm. I will become the sacrifice 
for the sins of the world. I will prepare a body. So he could be just. Satan can't throw up in his face, you lied. Satan can't say to God, you did something wrong. Because God did it the right way. Yeah. So in that sense, it's not an easy task. This thing that God did is so complex. As I said, most people just don't understand it. You know, that's why folk will come to church and they want to be forgiven of their sins. They don't want to forgive anybody else. Ah, there's nobody in here today that's holding a grudge against anybody. There's nobody in here today that has a bad feeling about anybody what somebody's done to them and you're mad at them and you have not forgiven them. And you didn't let the sun go down on your wrath last night. So, as God has forgiven us, as God has forgiven us, it is required that we forgive each other. As God has forgiven us, it is, it's not optional. It's not optional that you forgive. You have to forgive. Now, now, listen, I'm not getting into all of the what ifs now because everybody have that what ifs. Well, what if this happens and what if that happens? God is looking at your heart and God is saying right now, that the thing is that you have to have a forgiving heart. There may be some other circumstances that you have to deal with, but you still got to forgive. You know, like, like uh, Pastor Grant said the other Sunday, he said, yeah, I'm going to welcome the prodigal son back home, but I'm going to lock up my stuff. Because until I know you've been delivered from stealing, you don't have access to my stuff. <laughs> so, <laughs> but we have to be forgiving people. It is required that we forgive. And, and this is where I want to get to because it's wonderful to talk about what God has done for us in Christ. It's, one, it's an awful, awesome thing that you and I stand with commuted sentences. Have you ever thought about the fact that your sentence has been commuted? See, I know you haven't because most folk in here haven't been to jail. But God has commuted your sentence. Because you were condemned to die. All right? So it's an amazing thing. It's a wonderful thing that we've been set free because of the sacrifice of Christ on the cross. It's amazing. It's awesome. It's awe-inspiring. It's mind-boggling the things that God has done in our lives, yet he has done it. But he did it for a purpose. He forgave you and me, not simply so that we can go to heaven. He forgave and he paid a heavy price to be justified in forgiving you and I so that you and I would not have to pay the price. But there's another reason. There's another reason that forgiveness is important. He forgave so that you and I could and would do the same thing for the people that we come in contact with. 
the same thing, regardless of the cost. Regardless of the cost. Regardless of the cost. Because there's, cause that, that, there's no cost that you're going to pay that's greater than the cost that God has already paid. Gave his life. I often think about the scripture that says, Consider him that endures such contradictions of sinners against himself. Yes, you be weary and faint in your mind. You've not yet resisted on the blood striving against sin. So why, what do I have to cry about? I know it might be real to me, but when I, in the whole scheme of things, when I measure what God has done for me and the things he went through, I'm not going through anything. People haven't hurt me that much that I got to shut myself off and, and go somewhere that I don't deal with people no more. There are some decisions people make based on their own, well, personal, uh, I'm trying to say the right word, makeups. And sometimes their own, sometimes, not all the time, their own agendas. Because you have to be careful in ministry that you don't ever get to the point that you say, I'm going to take care of myself later for everybody else. You can't get there in ministry. And I'm not talking just to ministers. I'm talking to the body of Christ. Because we're all in ministry. And I know this is a growing, this is something that we have to grow in. All right? But you just can't get there because there is no way for you to be in Christ and be an island to yourself. You can't, you just can't be in Christ and be over by yourself in a corner and you just love the Lord. And you, you, you know, but, but the cross, the cross, the cross is, is vertical and horizontal. So the cross speaks to your relationship with God, but it goes through your relationship with your fellow man. And you got to be in contact with your fellow man in order to have the right relationship with God. Because there is no way, there is no way to measure your relationship with God unless it's measured through your relationship with your fellow man. And anytime you're in relationship with people, stuff's going to happen. You're going to get hurt. You're going to be disappointed. You're going to be, you're going to be feeling dejected sometimes. But the Lord says, as I have forgiven you, you also have to forgive. Yeah, it's a hard thing to forgive, but it's not an impossible thing to forgive. So it's, for, it's required, and there are times when we just gotta we just gotta deal with what's required of us. There are times when we just gotta sit back and say, "Okay, Alfred, the Lord requires this. Now get up off your butt and do what you're supposed to do." Time you got to tell yourself, get your act together. Get your attitude together. Get your mind together. Because nobody can do this but you and the Holy Ghost. Ooh. Yeah, it's a, it's a tough thing. It's a tough thing when you're dealing with people. Amen? The folk can act crazy. Yes, sir. But you got to forgive. You got to forgive them. Because somebody, God forgave you when you were acting a fool, when you had your, <laughs> yeah, 
Somebody forgave you. Maybe, maybe more than somebody. A whole lot of folk probably forgave you. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, 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 so he, he has forgiven. He has forgiven us so that we have the, the power. Glory to God. And we have the example to forgive other people that we're coming in contact with on a daily basis and that we live with and that we fellowship with and that we must work in ministry together with. Amen. Whether it's here at Tabernacle of Praise or whether it's with, 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 with New Hope or whether with TLC, we're in the body of Christ. In the body of Christ. At the cross, as people were mocking Jesus, as they were spitting on him and said, he said to God, he said, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they are doing. Here is the Lord of glory hanging on a cross, nails in his hands, nails in his feet, a crown of thorn on his head. They're spitting on him. They're mocking him. But here he is saying, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. Hmm. Have you ever stopped and said, Lord, forgive that person? They don't know what they're doing. They don't know what they're doing. They're blinded. Their minds have been blinded by Satan. And they say, we'll get in the fest. Oh, yeah, they know what they're doing. They're just scheming. But when you deal with the spiritual aspect, there are people that are blind by the devil and they don't know what they're doing. And if you're not spiritual enough, rather than ministering to them and trying to bring to the, them to the point of conviction, you will condemn them and send them away. Father, forgive them. For they don't know what they're doing. Think about your life. Think about when you were lost in sin. You didn't know what you were doing. I would say some stuff, but but I say what I'm thinking about. I have the Lord to help me sometime because I don't want to run folk away. But there are some things we've done, and we thought it was fun. Now you look back and you say, Lord, I didn't know what I was doing. I was foolish. I was blind. Father, forgive them. Now, oh Lord, have mercy. This is the picture that the Lord wants us to see, saints. That's the example that, of forgiveness that the Lord wants us to emulate. Okay? If we're to be the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, okay? as the Lord has forgiven, we must forgive. Yeah? When you fail to forgive a person of their sins, or whatever they've done to you, you open the door for the enemy to come into your life. When you, listen, some things you just gonna have to use your mind on because the Lord just showed me some stuff and I don't think I need to say that he showed it to me for me. I have to share, I have to share this on a private level with some people. Because I'll share part of it. Because when you don't forgive, and that lack of forgiveness destroys relationships, what you don't understand is, is that you have now opened the door 
for Satan to come into your life. So, this is just in general. I'm not talking about anybody in particular, so don't take, because this will affect some people in here, so I'm not talking about you. All right, I'm putting up the disclaimer. All right. I want to let you know, I am not talking about you, and I'm not trying to be insensitive. But okay, so, so, take divorce. All right? That's a good example. Okay, so, Things happen in your marriage and you refuse to forgive. And so now you decide that you're going to get a divorce. All right? So now there's a door open. Um, I'm going to let y'all deal with the door. I want y'all to think, think about the possibilities because when you're going through stuff, and it doesn't have to be, it can be a whole lot of stuff. It can stuff happen. When you're going through stuff, many times you're dealing with the here and now, and you don't think about the consequences that's going to come down the road. And God has put you in accountable relationships. God has put you in safe relationships. But because of the enemy stepping in and because of hurt feelings and because of hard things that happen and because we will not forgive, we step outside of those relationships. And now there's a door open. Put it on a whole lot. Put that, work that with some other stuff. Work that with parent-child relationships. You got to forgive. You got to forgive. I'm not saying you, you can't have your standard. You got to have a standard. But you can't hold stuff over people's heads. You got to forgive them. Because when you, re, when you refuse to forgive, the door may not be open to, in that person's life. Maybe the door's already open. But for you now, a door has been opened for, the, for Satan to come in. And what does Satan come to do? I don't have to tell you. He creates all kinds of bitterness, all kinds of wrath, anger, Think about the last time you reacted to somebody that you were mad at or somebody who hurt you. Did you get an image in your mind of somebody that you have not forgiven? And when you see that person or when you think about that person, you get angry, you're wrathful, you're saying, Lord, just send a lightning bolt. <laughs> Malice evil thoughts and it happens without us knowing about it before we realize that we're thinking negative about people and we've allowed this stuff to take root in us and the Bible says we become defiled and so we can't deal right with other people because we've been defiled so the scriptures instructs us that this is what we should do be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sakes, has forgiven you. 
That's what the scripture said. This is, this is how forgiveness becomes a weapon. Because now the devil can't use stuff against me. Because I've forgiven this person. He can no longer use that, the, 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 the smell of that person to make me mad. He can't use the presence of that person to make me think negative thoughts. Because I've forgiven. I've forgiven. I'm free. Does this make sense to anybody? And the key to all of this, the key to all, as difficult as we might find it to forgive, the key to forgiveness is knowing how much God has forgiven you. Unless you think that you're better than everybody else. You hear people say, they walk around with their nose turned up like, that stuff don't stink. <laughs> Your stuff stink like everybody else's stuff stink. And don't eat asparagus. <laughs> Y'all will get that next week. Forgiven people, when you realize the depth of God's forgiveness of you, think about your life. Think about what you've done. Think about the stuff that you know nobody else knows. But yet God forgive you. God has forgiven you. Forgiven people forgive. I'll never forget a message, you've heard me reference this a lot of times because it, it made such a, a powerful impression in my mind. Years ago, Bishop Jakes preached at the Full Gospel Baptist Conference and he said that, he talked about the secret weapon of ministry being a memory. If you can remember what you were, who you were, where you were, and how deep your sin was, yet God forgave you. You'll forgive those who've sinned against you. If, 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 if you know the value of, of your forgiveness now, maybe you want to go to hell. Anybody take us today? There's a train going. You want to get on board? I mean, maybe you want to die in, in your sins, you know. But if you know the value of your forgiveness, yeah. In Psalm 32, David described the agony, the spiritual agony of not being forgiven. You, you read the Psalm. David said, my bones wasted away through my groanings all day long. For day and night your hand was heavy on me. My strength was sapped as in the heat of summer. So if you can, if you can just, just remember the power and the pressure of sin on you when you, when you committed sin, uh, and if you've ever cried out to God seeking forgiveness, yet feeling that God was, was nowhere near, that, that God was not hearing you, that, that all of your crying was in vain, then you know the spiritual agony of not being forgiven. Can you think about it? You know, I, I really think that, that a lot of people in church have a higher estimation of themselves than they ought to think, they ought to have. You know, because we think we've been good all our days. 
You say, no, Pastor, I ain't been good all my day. But you act like it. Yep. Whenever you get angry with somebody and you can't forgive them, you're acting like you've been good. There's no way, there's no way that you can be in the body of Christ. I'm not talking about being in the AKAs and the, and the Alphas and the Masons. You can join them and hate anybody you want to hate. I'm talking about the body of Christ. I'm talking about the church of the living God. There is no way you can rightfully be a part of the body and hold malice in your heart against anybody. You got to forgive people. I understand that some stuff people have been through, it hurts them deeply, but you still got to forgive. You still have to forgive. You got to do it. You got to do it. There was a woman in, in Luke chapter 7, verse 37, Jesus begins talking about this woman. I won't read all of this. It goes through verse 48. But uh, you see her um, as she stood at his feet weeping and began to wash his feet with her tears and wiped them with the hair of her head and kissed his feet and anointed them with an ointment. And, and they began to, the Pharisees, of course, were critical about this. And, and Peter asked Jesus a question um, about forgiveness. And, um, uh, and Jesus says to Peter, as he, he says, I suppose, let me read the scripture so I can say it right. Simon, I have somewhat to say to you. And he said, Master, say on. He said, there was a creditor which had two debtors. The one owed 500 pence and the other 50. And when they had nothing to pay, he frankly forgave both of them. Tell me, therefore, which of them will love him the most? Simon said, I suppose the one that he forgave the most. He said, you've judged rightly, Peter. And he turned to the woman and he said to that woman, he said to Peter, you see this woman? I entered into your house. You gave me no water to wash my feet, but she has washed my feet with her tears and wiped them with the hair of her head. You gave me no kiss, but this woman, since the time I came in, have not ceased to kiss my feet. My head with oil you did not anoint, but this woman has anointed my feet with ointment. Wherefore I say to you, her sins which were many, are forgiven, for she loved much. But then this is what he said. But to whom little is forgiven, the same loveth little. So when you walk around and you think, you know, I've been good all my days, you know, I'm a, I've been a good person, you know. I, I've gone to church, you know, I didn't go out and drink, I didn't commit adultery, I didn't commit fornication, I didn't do this, I didn't do that, I didn't do the other. Then you, you, can, you can act like, I didn't have much to be forgiven for. I'm not like, I'm not like Bishop Jackson. He had a whole lot to be forgiven for, but I didn't have a lot to be forgiven for. And you will hold grudges against people. You and your hypocritical spirit. <sighs> so you got to know, you got to get a picture of how much you've been forgiven of. Because even if you've not done all of that, you fail to recognize the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior and your Lord and submit yourself to him. Because there's no way that the Holy Ghost can be working in your life and you walk around with the nasty attitude that you have. 
There's no way for the Holy Ghost to be working in your life. And you treat people the way you treat them. Yes, Lord, help us. Another key to forgiveness is the fact that you and I are expected to are not expected to do this in our own strength. Yeah, we're supposed to forgive. But if God knows how difficult, he remembers that we are flesh. He knows that we are, we are of the dust of the earth. He knows our weaknesses. But you and I are not expected to do this in our own strength. All right? Yeah, yeah. He knows that we can't do this simply because we are told to. We will say, yeah, brother, I forgive you. But in our hearts, there's something still there. There's a key to this and all other things that we're instructed to do. And it's found in the scriptures. In Philippians chapter 2, verse 13. It says, for God, for it is God that works in us both to will and to do his good pleasure. So now, what he's saying is, is that God is working in you to create the will and give you the ability to do his good pleasure. So if his good pleasure is that I forgive my brother and I am having an issue with that, then when I submit to the Holy Spirit, he's going to work in me to create that will in me. And then he's going to turn around along with it, give me the ability. I don't have to do this on my own. I don't have to do this on my own. So when you slap me on one cheek, I can turn the other. Hallelujah. Oh, yes, I can. I can turn the other and not worry about the consequences of the outcome of it. Because that's not my business. That's not my business. All I, my business right now is to trust the Spirit of Almighty God to create in me the will and give me the ability to do His good pleasure. Saints, now let me tell you something. You can't get this just by being somebody who has a name on a church roll and been through the water baptism. You got to be born again. You got to be. You know, the church of, God, the church of God in Christ used to have this song. You can't join in. You got to be born in the church of God in Christ. You know, and we, we got in it backwards, you know, especially in the Baptist church. You get a preacher your hand and got your heart. We didn't know what giving God your heart was. We couldn't take the heart out of our body and give it to the preacher. Here we are, little children going up saying, I want to be saved. I want to because we wanted to be on the choir and stuff, but we didn't want to be saved. Tell the truth and shame the devil. Most folk didn't know what they were talking about. So they joined the church and they were never born again. You cannot do this in your own strength. Jesus said to Nicodemus, except you are born again, you can't even discern the kingdom of God. There is no revelation of the kingdom of God. So we're talking Wednesday night, we talked about the visible church and the invisible church. So a lot of people are in the visible church. They're in the, in the building. They're in the church that you can put your name on the book. But there is the invisible church, the one that you can't see with the natural eye. The one that you got to be born into. Huh? The body of Christ, amen, that is made up of people who are submitted to the Lord Jesus Christ. Blood-bought, blood-washed, sons and daughters of God. 
And that's the true church of the Lord Jesus Christ. So you got a whole lot of people on our church roads across the United States. That's why the Bible says that there's straight as a gate and narrow is the way that leads to life. Y'all need to turn on some air in here. And few that be that find it. Broad is the way. Wide is the way. Broad is the gate. Wide is the way that leads to destruction. And many go in thereby. Just, just let it come on. Just don't turn it way up because folk will be cold in a minute. But It's getting hot. Well, y'all better wake up then. <laughs> you better say preach, Pastor, <laughs> so we can get finished with this. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah. 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 And, and, and so you got to understand that this is not something that you, can, that you need to try to do, nor can you do in your own strength. You will never be able to do this in your own strength. You can say it with your lips, but to really forgive a person? Accept it be by the God who works in you to create the will and give you the ability to do his good pleasure. That's the only way you're going to be able to do it. You're born in sin. You're shaped in iniquity. You have a sin nature. You want to fight. You want to cuss. Some of y'all do. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> oh yes. That's what we that's the human side of us. That's that carnal nature. That's that old man that's inside of us that wants to rise up and sometimes does rise up. But when the spirit of almighty God is working in our lives, he creates the, gives us the will and creates the ability to do his good pleasure. We can forgive people and we can love them after they've done us wrong. Oh yes. We can love them after they've done us wrong. I didn't get too many amens on that. The last key to forgiveness that I'm going to give you today is that forgiveness is the way to release in your life. Forgiveness is the way to release in your life. You see, the desire for retribution brings bondage. You know what retribution is, right? Payback. It brings bondage. Because this is what you do now. When you want payback, you think about it. You wake up in the morning, you might start out with a good day, but somehow or another, that name across your mind, something will happen to make you think about that person. Then you get mad. Then you start fuming. Mm. <laughs> and you want, and you want, you want payback. You want them to get something. God, you got to get them now. Something got to happen to them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Retribution binds your mind. It binds your spirit. And it blocks the flow of God's, the, the desire for retribution, blocks the flow of God's blessings in your life. It's like a clogged up sink. 
the desire for retribution, because that's what you're spending your time thinking about. And you may be going, you may go a few weeks, you know, but after a while, you see that person, then it starts all over again. And you want them to get, you want them to fall and break the leg, you want them to slip, you want something to happen, so you can feel like, now I'm justified. The desire for retribution bottles us up. It does. And all you all, you all know I'm telling the truth because that's what happened before you were really saved if you're saved today. And the thing about it is, the person that you've not forgiven, they've gone on about their business. They've gone on that merry way. They're not even thinking about you. And here you are, all torn up from the flow up, can't get right, stopped up, blocked up, spiritually constipated. But listen, if there's any retribution needed, listen, if there is any retribution needed, that retribution doesn't belong to us. It belongs to God. And this is what trusting God comes in forgiving people. Because if there's any payback that needs to come, God says he'll do it. Romans chapter 12, verse 19, Dearly beloved, don't avenge yourselves, but rather give place to your wrath. The Bible does say be angry and sin not. You can be angry about things, but don't sin. Don't try to get revenge. Leave that to God. For it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. God has a day set. God has a day set. God will take care of stuff if you let him. But you got to be able to let go. There have been some things that happened in my life, and yeah, one time I wanted some people to get it. I did. I just wanted God to kill them all. Yeah, I, 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 God, you got to get them. That was not my place. Those people belong to God. He can do whatever he wants to do. If God decides not to get retribution, that's his business. My business is to trust him. And, you know, and, and, and as you go through life, then you begin to see how blessed you are. You begin to see how God began to bring things in your life and those things where people thought they were doing you wrong and harming you, it didn't matter what they did because God will bless you even the more. When you do things God's way, it opens up the flow of God's blessings in your life and it does not matter what evildoers do or try to do to you. God will fight your battles for you. God will make a way for you. God will open doors for you. God will give you back double for your trouble. God will do it, but, but we've got to learn to do things God's way. Now, we can't be sitting up here confessing, talking about God or give me double for my trouble, and I'm out there trying to deal with some of the trouble. I need to leave the trouble alone and leave it in God's hands. Forgiveness. So you forgive, you release, and you let go, and then you get a release. Now you're no longer walking around bothered by what people do and say. 
Now you are free. Jesus said, he that the Son sets free is free indeed. Now you are free from worry. You're, when you see, the, see people, you can smile, you can ha have a good time with them because you forgave them. And you got set free. It brings release in your life. It brings release of the flow of the blessings of God in your life. Now there is not that blockage that's stopping God from moving in your life. You see, the lack of forgiveness hinders you. And that's what believers have to understand and have to see. Whenever I don't forgive somebody, I am the one who's hindered, not that person. I am the one who stopped, not that person. I know that even in hearing the message, it's not an easy thing to forgive people. But if I were you, I'd bring it to the altar because you want to be free. You want to be free. You don't want to walk around saying that message does not touch me because I got it all together. Nor do you want to walk around saying I heard the word but I'm still going to hold a grudge. I'm still not going to forgive that person. You don't realize how much sickness comes because people don't forgive. You don't realize how many bad relationships are broken with other people because you have a spirit of unforgiveness. You've got to be able to forgive people. Just as God has forgiven you, and if you know how much he's forgiven you, that speaks to how much you have to forgive other people. One day Jesus' disciples asked him, Master, how often should I forgive my brother if he sins against me? Should it be seven times in one day? Jesus said, no, 70 times seven in one day. Now, unless, unless you're married and you and your spouse are, are falling out one another all day long, <laughs> there ain't nobody you're going to see 490 times in a day. And common sense ought to tell you that if it's somebody on your job, then you just go the other way until you're able to forgive. 490 times the Lord said in one day, that's how much you should, that's how you should forgive. My question is, do the Lord's standards matter to us? Are you hearing me? Do the Lord's standards matter to us? to us. So the altar is open. 